I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I am your host, Phil Escoven. With me today, the gadget queen herself, back, Emma Stefanski, to talk about the gadget of all gadgets, Apple computer versus Microsoft, sort of, kind of. It's kind so of gadget. true. I, I actually didn't even make that connection that this is also technically a gadget movie. Yep, yep. Computers are gadgets. The Computers are gadgets. Gadget, one might say. Yeah. Um. So before we were on mic, I asked you how you were, and you said, better than this movie. Mm-hmm. A, a, a fair dig. I want to start in terms of, because there's a little bit of, I don't want to say it's generational, although to some degree it is, because you are but a child uh, in comparison to me. Baby. You're yeah. like a baby person, a very tall, like stretched out baby <laughs> person. <like> weird looking <laughs> baby. <laughs> um but I, I i bring this up because i do feel like this type of thing the the tv movie the tv biopic was a thing even i would argue it was a bigger thing even sort of before me and this was sort of you know a little bit of the the i don't even know if this was the end of that but it's near the tail end of these tv biopic movies now we have like eight or 10 episode limited series about said famous person and their, then, you know, whatever they did or didn't do. Um, And I would argue that this particular story (laughs) definitely needed more time Mm -hmm. to really unpack uh, what, what we were seeing. 
Um, but it does feel indicative of a certain type of thing that existed, right? Where it was like you had a checklist of greatest hits of a famous person or a famous conflict, and you needed to hit all these things so the audience felt fulfilled. Um, would you agree that this falls into that camp? Yeah, I mean, that was that's sort of mainly the thing about this movie is that it's like, here is everything that happened yeah. in yeah. 90 With minutes a, or yeah. less. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the past, like, how much, how much time? 10 years or something oh my like God. that? I mean, it's, it's interesting because I hit play on this, uh, on this movie and I immediately was like, right, it's one of these. <laughs> and weirdly i had like a little sort of well of nostalgia that hit me at first because i was like oh these are kind of i remember when these scratched an itch right when like people wanted to see a feud or to see some there was do you ever see the late the late shift have you ever seen that movie the hbo Mm -hmm. movie um similar in that it was the leno letterman fiasco that transpired in the early 90s so it was about their uh, you know, Letterman being offered or reneged on the Tonight Show and then Len- Leno getting it and then blah, blah, blah. You know, Letterman gets the CBS gig and then it becomes this battle between the two of them. Whatever. Like, it's actually a fun thing to watch because it's a little bit cartoony and it's a little bit kind of over the top. But it, I think you might... Oh, Jesus. Uh, it is Michael... <laughs> is it Higgins? My, uh, some, what's his name? Like he's the guy who's from uh, he's in Licorice Pizza, everyone's favorite role of the John Michael man. Higgins. Oh yeah, the from Licorice Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that was just I literally was just watching it. That's why I made that association. Um, and then the other, and then uh, Leno is played by who is it? I, did you type in like the late shift so you can see what they look like? I did. Yeah, it's Daniel Roebuck. Yeah. Yes. It's it's pretty insane. Wow. <laughs> but I actually Kathy think Bates you is in this. She is. Bob Balaban's in this. It's actually kind of good. I would recommend if it's still on HBO Max because who knows what's on HBO Max anymore. <laughs> um, it's uh, I, I highly recommend watching it because it's it's legit fun. It's one of those things where it's like it does all the stuff that this movie does, but it has fun doing it. Whereas this movie oddly seems to be like taking itself kind of seriously. It's very like social network, like every and well, the I guess worst version of the social network. Yes, yes, but yeah, it's like it's very much like. Mm-hmm. these guys who were you know rivals yep. and pals and doing disrupting computers and shit i'm like yeah okay i've seen this movie before Fincher directed. Well, this movie does predate that film but i your point yeah. still stands i you know it's funny i couldn't help but think about that and obviously the the sorkin steve jobs film as well while watching this because mm. i feel as though you've seen the steve jo- oh oh shit someone just got a pointing like yeah, I know. Seb is meowing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. He's feisty, that guy. Um, do you want to feed him? No, to, to be clear, he's had dinner. He just oh, okay. needs everybody okay. to know. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, I So you've seen the Steve Jobs film, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fan, not a fan? Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, hilarious is an interesting choice of word, but sure. <laughs> just a laugh a minute yeah yeah um but both of those films obviously both written by aaron sorkin seemed as though he was going out of his way to buck any sort of biopic 
preconceived notions, right? Of like, I don't want to tell a story in a straight line. I don't want people to feel as though they know where it's all going. I want to be able to sort of come at these things and unpack these people's lives <laughs> in an interesting and, and complex way, right? Right. This could not be any less that, right? Like, this is just like, <laughs> so by the book. It clearly like kind of tries something like it starts with the 1984 commercial mm -hmm. and then like what's his name is like a talking head for a portion of it yeah yeah, yeah. oh no Wozniak, Wozniak. It's, yeah, yeah yeah Wozniak yeah um is the only one then, who's a talking head though weirdly is Steve yeah. Wozniak it's stop it <laughs> stop it is he trying to eat is this the problem no, he's on top of my magazines do you, okay. do you, let's let's just keep going. You sure? I might have to stand up for a second. Okay. Um, this is amazing. Get off. <laughs> um, this Get is. The <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Getting some great cat shit for the Patreon right now for off, our our, our listeners that are able to see video. You just got to see Emma reprimand. No, subscribe to the cat. Patreon. <laughs> this is the if ever there's a reason to subscribe. Um, so here's here's the thing. There's a bunch of stuff. I actually found this, I do think is actually going to lend to very, to a very interesting conversation because I do think that this, unfortunately, because of when this film comes out and because of what they know about Apple and Bill Gates in 1999, when they make this, mm. now you watch this and you're just like, the end of this movie is kind of laughable, right? Cause you're just like, it makes it seem as though like Bill Gates got him. And you're like, no. You guys ever heard of iPhones? Like it's it is just you watch it and you're just like, oh, 1999. You just didn't know that in less than like probably five years, Apple's going to be far more important and far more interesting than Microsoft ever will be. That's not to say that Microsoft isn't a valuable company. Still, it is, but it's completely irrelevant, right? Like in terms of the 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 zeitgeist or whatever you want to call it no yeah. one's buying you know fucking compacts and dell computers anymore and except there's unless no, you're trying no to microsoft like... event right there's no microsoft event like the biggest thing that i heard recently was that netflix got in bed with microsoft to, in terms of um figuring out the technology to put the ads in sometime next year so like yeah. that's anyway this is all just to say that the structure of this movie is almost like a shell game which is that they're getting you invested in Steve Jobs while Bill Gates kind of futzes around in the background like a Batman villain. Right. And and then at the end, you're like, see, Bill Gates was the smarter one. And you're like, but, you know, what's happening? What's happening right now? I have my own Batman villain in my apartment right now, disrupting <laughs> this. Um, But do you start, like, structurally, this movie is been fucked by history is ultimately what i'm getting at right yes. like it, i mean it, it, it ends it, it, yeah it ends with steve jobs like sitting in in a adirondack chair with like children around him one of which he's i don't believe was close with near the end of his life the whole lisa thing yeah if his book if the if the walter jacobson book that the movie steve jobs or the movie jobs is based on is accurate the whole lisa thing was fraught to say the least <laughs> so this movie just kind of skirts around it a little bit and doesn't really try to kind of grapple with it yeah 
Um, it doesn't have time. It's only 90 minutes. There's a lot more <laughs> stuff to get through. It has too much stuff. So, okay. To just give a very brief context, uh, <laughs> spanning the years of 1971 to 1997, and based on the book by Paul Freeberger and Michael Zwain's 1994 book, Fire in the Valley, The Making of the Personal Computer, Pirates of Silicon Valley explores the impact that the rivalry between Steve Jobs, played by Noah Wiley, and uh, Bill Gates, played by Anthony Michael Hall, had on the development of the personal computer. It aired on TNT, a channel known for quality. What was their thing? Was it Which we, one? We movies or something? What was it? What what? The like TNT slogan. Oh, oh shit. It's what like it? something about drama. We got drama or something like that, isn't it? It's like we know drama. We know I drama. Think- oh what as of it 2014 now? it's boom stop it it's just <laughs> speaking of batman villains oh okay That's, it's just boom by the way it also will cease to exist in a matter of a year or so anyway since they've decided to shutter it um but it premieres on tnt on june 20th 1999 Listen to this. Pirates of Silicon Valley has 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and 92% from audiences. People fucking loved this thing. How many, like, out of how many people, though? I, I don't know what the aggregate is. It like is it, like, the five people who would have watched this live and been like... <laughs> the friends and family of the people that made it? <laughs> uh, Variety said... It's a brilliant piece of filmmaking and a wildly entertaining geek tragedy with the stylistic feel of true art. Geek tragedy. That's very funny. It is funny. Geek tragedy. Funny variety. Yeah. Um, But also just like stylistic feel of true art. I mean, even in 1999, (laughs) you're watching this and thinking that this is, I mean, I guess the question here is what was the bar for a TV movie back then? And I imagine it was relatively low. Right. Yeah. Still. Um, so I want to sort of unpack the, something that I feel like there's been a million think pieces about, and I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this, which is kind of the whole geek shell and hair of the earth thing, Mm. right? Which is that in 99, we obviously don't have toxic fandom and we don't have, you know, uh, you know, Steve Bannon hasn't uh, weaponized incels uh, and we just don't have the same world that we live in right now. So you're so watching this, I couldn't help but feel like it was it it has real adoration for these people. It really thinks that they are the most brilliant people in the world. Um, do you feel as though I mean, you didn't like it. Totally fair. I didn't like it much either. But like, was there how did you feel about the sort of when you compare it to social network and and Steve Jobs, both of which are also quite flattering in terms of the technological advancements of the individuals that made mm-hmm. these things, but at least is willing to acknowledge the flaws that exist within these people. I don't feel like in this, they dig beneath the surface of either of these guys. It does like, yeah. And in, in that way, in those, in comparison to those two movies, it's definitely like, yes sure weakened by the fact that it does not really pay much attention to the fact that all these guys sort of suck like (laughs) the scene where they're they're having like that beach party and the guys are trying to convince steve jobs to like please pay that poor woman 
a, me- a measly $20,000. In fact, more. more. He should pay her yeah. more than that, they say. Yeah. And he's like, I just don't want to. She's like, that's, my kid. That's like a, a good scene. But then the movie's just like, and anyway, we're going to time jump to like three d- three years later and we're not yeah. going to address that again. The the scene that, that it also makes me think about, and it's a scene that as it was unfolding, I was like, what are we doing? And what's the point of this? Is that really gross scene where he keeps, someone's interviewing for a job and he keeps asking if the guy's a virgin. Oh my God. I actually <laughs> wrote down, I have some, I have like five notes and one of them is the virgin IBM versus the chad apple computer which is exactly what that conversation (laughs) that is a perfect way of putting it it's like he (laughs) negged the guy because it it was just just... insulted the guy i mean that's let's be honest he was just like do you have sex with your wife (laughs) he's like you look like an ibm guy and he puts his gross feet on the table horrible horrible i just don't even like it seems like that, that I think, I mean, first of all, I get the impression that they weren't interested in pissing anyone off. They didn't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little bit of this just like, well, we'll just make Steve Jobs look kind of like a bro, you know, <laughs> or like make him seem like a cool guy, as opposed to like the actual asshole that from all intents, and you know, it certainly sounds like mm-hmm. he was. Um, so what you get is this weird kind of like dick wagging scene that has that certainly has no purpose no um it was very it's not even in there to make him look bad like that's what confused me about that scene it's like it's kind of supposed to be funny yeah but then the guy's also like that was really fucked up that you said that and he's just like whatever you don't understand me (laughs) yeah then the movie moves on another three (laughs) yeah it you know it's it is fascinating because I do feel like the pockets of stuff that they decide to unpack are are conscious in the sense that like we want to talk about Steve Jobs uh and his sort of drug hippie kind of cult leader almost thing but like we're going to just graze past it because yeah. like you said we just don't have the time to really unpack it but we're still going to give you like a drug induced weird sort of like dream vision thing. That was so bad. That gonna... was the moment when I was like, "This is movie's just sort of bad. This is not good." When no, 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 like, bad, 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 bad. No good. Yeah. yeah. And there's music playing. I'm like you've never done drugs before in your life. Whoever's the, the I'm, ha- I'm having this. the weird meeting with yeah. the guys who directed this movie and like being like, "You're a virgin, aren't are you? you a virgin?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, you know, there are a lot of things in the Steve Jobs movie that I know people didn't love the movie. I think expectations were very high for it, obviously, coming off of social network. And um, I, I would argue I really love the movie, but I don't totally know that Michael Fassbender was the totally the right choice. I really like his performance, just to be clear, but it's like he's a very, like, Michael Fassbender doesn't radiate like no one wants to be friends with Michael Fassbender in any movie that he's ever been in, right? Like he always kind of exudes this very chilly, very sort of cerebral, all of those things, by the way, obviously part of Steve Jobs' character, Mm. but also makes the movie really hard to fully connect with. Plus like he's, you know, anyway, all that being said, um, I actually don't think that Noah Wiley's performance is bad per se, 
I just think it's not, there's not a lot of there there. Yeah. Yeah. It's he didn't have a lot of performance in it. <laughs> yeah. He kind of looks like Steve Jobs too, but. Uh, he actually looked for the first half of the movie like Bo Burnham. <laughs> uh, every time he sort of turned to the side and you could only see like the long hair and the mm-hmm. the beard. I was like, that's, that's Bo Burnham. From inside. Yeah, for sure. Bo yeah. Burnham and Amanda Seyfried could remake those scenes shot for shot yeah that that actress looked so much like amanda seyfried it was crazy yeah Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because i don't know if you read about how i guess as like a joke around the time that this came out steve jobs brought out noah wiley for a presentation and had Noah wiley (laughs) pretend to be him oh no i didn't read about that (laughs) that's so funny which I think is kind of great, which shows more ability to laugh at himself than we ever really knew he was capable of, quite honestly. Mm. Bill Gates is nowhere to be found. I don't think he probably liked the performance by Anthony Michael Hall, who literally feels like a poor man's Riddler in this movie. <laughs> With the glasses <laughs> and everything. It was like, ugh, what are we doing here? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I... I it's it's just on top of everything else is kind of muddy at really explaining the feud between the two of them like right i i didn't know that it was two different groups of people until about 20 minutes in i just thought it was like because there was always a blonde one and a brown haired one and i'm just thinking like i guess every couple of guys is a blonde guy and a brown haired guy i get that that's like every time it was i was like are we time jumping like what's and then i figured out oh right oh oh yeah there's another another (laughs) pair of guys here it's what's interesting about and it's perhaps i would argue i mean they don't really know what the most interesting thing about their about their conflict between um steve and and bill is but what is sort of compelling is that bill gates for all intents and purposes was the underdog in this scenario um that the success was the wind was entirely as steve jobs back um the fucked up part and the kind of quote quote unquote greek tragedy if you will of this is when uh bill gates steals uh essentially steals the apple os and turns it into windows and then makes a bazillion dollars and steve jobs for good or bad being sort of digging his heels in what he felt was important about his company which was that they couldn't be cloned that they could never be you know you couldn't augment the insides of them couldn't do anything to them they were as he said a closed unit um made it harder for them to capitalize in the marketplace um so it's just one of those things where like the final kind of scene they have when he's like we make better shit than you and Mm -hmm. bill Bill gates is like you don't get it no one fucking cares and that just makes me kind of laugh now because like clearly everyone did care eventually. It just took yeah. time to, to get there. Um, it's, it is an interesting um, moment in history that is not particularly well laid out in this. Um, what did you think about the, the, the sort of fucking documentary VO bullshit, like the, the structure of it? I did not like that. I, I thought I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that shit anyway. Yeah. But especially in this especially since like it kind of they stopped doing it for a good portion of the movie like they mm-hmm. do it a bunch at the beginning and then they mm-hmm. just stop yep and then yep. it comes back at the end when they do the weird like 
Hitchcock zoom mm -hmm, mm -hmm. reverse on the guy. And he's like, and now he teaches computers to children. And you're like, what did I just see? What is that? That part I thought was not necessarily like, it was almost, it felt to me like one of those, um, Oh God. Have you ever seen Garth Marenghi's dark plays? <laughs> I don't know what that is. No. Okay. The real nerdy crowds are going to be pumping right. their fists in the air when they hear me say that, but it's a, it's a like British comedy show. That's the premise of the show is that it is a revisitation of an old show from like the eighties, mm -hmm. uh, like a supernatural TV series set inside a hospital. Okay. But the, the show in reality is, show like with talking heads of like uh -huh. the actors who were in the show uh -huh. talking about the making of the show which mm -hmm. is not real right but you just you see it in the flashbacks and when they're talking about it. it's great it's the best thing ever it's very it funny. feels kind of chris guest-esque yeah yeah and this gave me vibes of that mm -hmm. so intensely that i was like when like is this a joke or is this just straight up the movie and it's just straight up the straight movie. Straight up the movie. It's you know, there's there are two specific moments that I was kind of I felt bad for them because the technology wasn't there for them to be able to do what they wanted to do or they just didn't have the budget to do what they wanted to do. I think it's probably more the latter. There's a there's a moment, a sort of fulcrum point when Bill Gates sells his at the moment non-existent operating system to IBM. Mm. And this, and the the shot freezes, and one of his buddies, the super annoying guy, literally like walks out of the frame, and it turns into like an actual frame. That I, what was that? <laughs> that was um, John DiMaggio, by the way, which was very funny to see his face because he's sure. a voice actor, mm. and I know him from like all the cartoons that I would sure. watch as a child, and I saw his. Uh, name in the credits of this it's like oh my god okay this is gonna be weird <laughs> he's playing the weirdest character in the whole he's, movie he's he's a cartoon character more so than anybody else in this movie yeah that scene where they're like oh, he's like we should frame this meeting we should, and put in, it in the fucking art. guggenheim as art this moment when like and again like it's it's so poorly rendered <laughs> <laughs> that you kind so of put his chair back in and there's uh, like no shadow beneath like the lens. And he just it's it is so painful to look at that i've on top of the fact that i generally hate fucking fourth wall breakage in general i don't love when people talk to the camera i don't really want to be acknowledged more times than not as an audience it just takes me out of it but then to double down on taking me out of it with a special effect thing that was so horrific to look at <laughs> and then later you had Wozniak inside the computer screen like yeah. pointing at icons I was just like what the fuck is this I felt like I was watching something that was like made for children to watch in school <laughs> like it, it felt like the Mr. DNA part of Jurassic Park yes yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely felt like that it, it's it is unfortunate because I think that like I mean, listen, you and I could obviously do a better job writing this script, I think, in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, because I don't I don't feel like they took the time to really like I it it truly felt like they went through the book, they highlighted the stuff that they wanted, and then it, it just feels so first drafty in terms of like 
just the actual dialogue itself is so expositional. There's very little life or any sort of like character in it. Yeah. Um, I still don't feel as though I know any more now about the motives of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. I'll say this though. There's a scene when the guy from Intel comes and offers um, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak like a quarter of a million dollars when they're living in the, when they're basically working out of the garage together. Right. And Steve Jobs is kind of talking a little bit there about um, kind of the, the Steve Jobs manifesto, if you will, which is because like Steve Jobs for all intents and purposes, everyone kind of makes fun of him because like he wasn't really the tech guy. Like he couldn't actually build anything really. He was the idea guy. He was the like, he was the P.T. Barnum, right? He's the guy who like puts on the show and whatever. He's the Lee Pace in Halt and Catch Fire guy. He is that. Um <laughs> And hearing sort of his dogma come out of his lips about sort of art and business and <clears throat> and commerce and how this computer is going to revolutionize all of that and that this is a, people are going to have a piece of art in their homes. I mean, it's in the movie as well. Like it's in the Steve Jobs film as well, talking about like how important the aesthetics were and that mm. it felt like this really beautiful thing. So it was worth twice as much money as all other fucking computers um and, and i just i think there's something very compelling about all of that the sort of opportunity to overthrow the gods quote unquote like he really saw himself as this revolutionary right like this person this this anti-establishmentarian yeah. um it's like it's like the it's disruptor culture yeah which i think yeah. is maybe another reason why i didn't really like it because like yep. now we know that disruptors are bad mm -hmm. uh so like yep. everything about this movie that was in any way like tech bro -y, like again like the yep. party on the beach where he's like throwing frisbees at all those guys mm -hmm. the guys who and i don't know if this is just because it was the 90s or if they like cast people who looked like mm -hmm. this for some reason but they all look like people that you just want to punch in the face a hundred percent <laughs> and I so everything that was like that which is yeah. the main the part of the movie i was just like this is very distasteful i don't like looking at it yeah it's you know again like this is just such a weird time capsule thing too because mm. like if you watch this and if you've seen i don't know an episode of the show silicon valley you'll just be like fuck all of these people and fuck all of this i mean or, or if you've read any of just the the terrible kind of tech bro culture that exists in silicon valley and the way that it treats basically women across the board but then any number of other sort of it's just it's it's a really gross incel thing you know what mm -hmm. i mean these guys that um felt again it's the geeks inheriting the world except it's like they felt unappreciated and you know it's women the, didn't you know want to be with them it's the people who like who are on the top and they think that they're still on the bottom like it's that sort yeah. of self-conscious yeah. like i have to prove that i'm you know I, that I have to prove that i'm the chad amongst the virgins yeah uh and it's annoying it's it is very yeah. funny to watch this now when I think if this exact thing was made now, they would bend over backwards to try to do the opposite thing Absolutely. and try to be like, all these people are bad. If this movie was made today, I mean, this is part of why I think that the Steve Jobs film is also interesting because it does feel as though, I mean, Steve Jobs does come, it's 2017. Is that when that comes out? I think it is, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so a little, a, you know, a few years ago now, but the Steve Jobs movie is really trying to kind of come at it, come at him anyway, with a much more sort of dealing with his, his adoption, dealing with his birth parents, which this movie has one line about his birth mother. And then that's, that's the only time that they even talk about it. Um, it so like <laughs> where it's a big part of the movie, um, just parenthood in general is a big part of the movie. His daughter, his parents, feeling as though you've been, you know, neglected in some way, feeling as though um, it's just a lot more human. Like mm. that, that, that script in that movie is trying desperately to humanize basically a fucking android. <laughs> and I, I think that this movie isn't trying to do any of that, really. Like it's just yeah. sort of. But to your point, if it was made today, and by the way, I wouldn't put it past someone to. Ryan Murphy should do another season of Feud and just make it about these two, which I watched the shit out of. Hi, because like that'd be Jobs versus Microsoft. (laughs) Wouldn't you watch that shit? Yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. I mean, it'd be amazing. So, like, (laughs) there's a part of me, and that's kind of why I was a little excited to do this movie because, first of all, we haven't done many TV movies because there just isn't a ton of need to do it, quite honestly. Mm. But I wanted to do this one because I felt like it'd be interesting to see it through the lens of not just technologically where we are today, but like, you know, sociopolitically, these guys are just fucking that whole world now is so gross. I don't even know how anyone works in that industry, but. It's interesting how we've turned so far around on it because I think like, you know, obviously I'm a little baby, but back then I'm sure there was a lot of stuff like this. It was like these great men with ideas are mm-hmm. so wonderful mm-hmm. and now we're like you know every piece of media about that is like if if you're a great man there's some fucking shit yep yep you've done some shit to be great don't like yeah. <laughs> we're gonna find it out and we're gonna fuck yeah it's gonna put it in the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do think that um I mean, Jesus, wasn't Bill Gates associated with what's his face? Uh, Jeffrey. Oh, Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> God. So there's that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be a piece to write about this movie. Why wasn't uh, Jeffrey Epstein in the Pirates of Silicon Valley? <laughs> that'd be in the review if it came out yeah. today. Where is the Jeffrey Epstein part? I mean, Bill Gates is, I think a much more complicated guy than this movie gives credence to as well. Like this movie is a lot more interested in the Steve jobs of it all Mm. because it wants to kind of, I mean, he's the, he's honestly the more charismatic and more interesting and, and seems to have more sort of grandiose notions of what he's trying to do. Bill Gates just wanted to get rich. It seems. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe late kind of hard to say. (laughs) Maybe he's still a virgin. You don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> um we we don't know. Melinda might know, but I don't know. Uh they got divorced, right? Am I crazy? They got divorced? Um uh, I think so. I think I remember reading some headline about that and being like, what are they gonna do about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Like the name. Right. A foundation yeah. which by the way, like did some funny. pretty great stuff, has done some pretty great stuff, but probably yeah. because of her and not him, is my guess. But I, I I do think it's interesting because the only reason I wonder if they got divorced was because, I mean, there couldn't have been a prenup there. They've she finally saw this movie and was like, oh, my God, who did, did I marry? What? I married the villain of the movie. Yeah. 
I married like Iago. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know all there is to know about the players in this film, but what I do know. And we did not learn much about them no. watching this. No, no. I still don't really yeah. know how. I don't know. I don't know anything about the computer stuff in this. I just they're just like there was some scene where he was like trying to sell the computer mm-hmm. and then they were like he hated it and everyone was cheering. I was like why are they happy about that? I guess I missed something. So yeah. that was just to give an explanation to that specific thing. Essentially Steve Wozniak who's played by Joey Plotnick in this um had a deal with Hewlett Packard because he worked for them which meant that anything that he made oh they needed to own so fucking steve jobs is like well now i you got to show him this thing and if he wants it he's going to own it and then they were happy that he didn't want it because he's an idiot like that scene was just ridiculous where he's like why would anyone want a personal computer see part of the problem here (laughs) is that like you're absolutely right that we don't know anything about the technology because the movie's not interested in trying to explain it to us either Mm. like the impression i get is they're like only fucking nerds are going to understand this shit so we just got to like you know breeze past it so it sucks so you don't yeah. know anything you don't understand what they're doing no uh, yeah and i think the other big thing was um like the os stuff mm-hmm. i was just like can't i don't know i'll just take your word for it whatever you say <laughs> Wait, i don't even so- know how my phone works i just truly they'll like update this I'm like okay <laughs> I don't know much about this shit either, quite honestly, but I do, I do remember someone many years ago talking with a friend or something about the Windows OS situation, which was, you're looking at me like, you I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready okay. to try to. So, so you know what DOS is, right? Although that's way before. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> way back in the day. Okay. Before mm-hmm. you were born, when you were you weren't even a, a, a you know in glimmer 1820s. in your in your in your mother's uh, in the 1920s when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there used to be a time where there were no icons to click on. You had a black screen, and you had dot. You had like literally lines of code. You had like a C prompt, and you had to type in shit in order to run programs, as opposed to clicking on an icon are you with me so far mm-hmm. yeah your mind your mind was just blown we just if you have our patreon you can see the steam coming out of his ears right now so that was dos that was how shit ran when you wanted to fucking run a game or a, or a program you had to type in the fucking program at like exe to run the pro and then it would start running the program Honestly, this sounds so much cooler. Like, I would feel like a hacker <laughs> if I had to do this on, like, my my MacBook Air. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd be like Lisbeth Salander. It'd be yeah. fucking awesome. I mean, yeah. if you've seen The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, whenever she's in the code of it, whenever okay. she's, like, that's her running fucking shit without the icons, without any of that stuff. Like, okay. she's just inside the actual programs themselves. She's in the computer. Yeah, she's okay. in the Matrix. That's cool. So, all of this is to say that steve jobs in his brilliance 
was like, get rid of all this code shit. No one wants that. They want to see fucking pretty pictures they can click on with a mouse. And I was like, what the fuck's a mouse? Why the fuck would we do any of this? <laughs> right? And then uh, he did it. And then fucking Bill Gates was like, oh, I'm going to steal your fucking pretty pictures and your little icons and tweak it just enough in order to make Windows, which is what every IBM Microsoft program runs on now. Now I understand. I understand that after yeah. the two minutes it took for you to explain it. The movie does a terrible job explaining that. Yeah. It's, it's, all of this is to say that, and it did obviously history caught up and Steve Jobs was proven to be, if nothing else, a very good showman, a guy who understood, you know, what people wanted, what they wanted aesthetically, how to make things easy. Um, and 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 for that he should be obviously you know that's why everyone thinks he's brilliant um but at the time people just wanted to make as much money as they possibly could and it didn't seem as though steve jobs had the same goals in terms of the monetary which is why you know he kind of got hosed by bill gates for a while and there is something fucked up about the fact that this film ends, ironically, if you will, this film ends about halfway through the Steve Jobs film. Yes, yes. Because that there's was a the moment. Other thing I kept thinking. <laughs> so, like, there's a moment in Steve Jobs' life where he's fired from Apple. He's basically, they tell him to go fuck himself. Hmm. He builds his own computer, which is a disaster, in order to get Apple to buy that computer to then become part of apple again which is how he sort of you it's how he sort of gets back in with apple and that's when if i'm not mistaken bill gates invests money in apple or it might at some point or another bill gates invests money in apple and that's how you get the very end of this movie the final bit of this movie where everyone's like the huzzah moment where like bill gates owns a part of apple now which sucks because they were just in such financial distress. He basically saved them, mm-hmm. but little did he know that he'd be, you know, foisted by his own petard. But that's, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, I guess ultimately maybe the joke's on us. He's still making money off Apple. So I guess ultimately, you know, it's, it's what it is, but. Yeah. seems like he's doing fine. Except for, you know, kind of being a pariah now and no yeah. one wanting anything to do with him, but you know, it's it is these are these are fascinating guys and i do think that someone at some point should do a proper deep dive into their their history their kind of complex weird competitive what have you yeah and it should be Um, ryan murphy and it should be a feud series what are we doing free idea when are we when are we pitching it emma yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's yeah I, I think that it is unfortunate that that we got such a cursory thing here. I want to talk for a second about um, the Lisa stuff. Okay. The daughter. Yeah, yeah. You with me so far? Vaguely remember this. <laughs> well, but it's a much, much bigger part of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Sorkin film. So Sorkin has been on the record saying, you know, he reads this, this doorstop of a book that uh, Walter Jacobson wrote. I think it's like six or 700 pages like this is just a beast of a book about steve jobs he's reading the book and he doesn't really know what like what's the arc like what's the motivating thing what's the thing that i can use as the kind of 
bridge between these three acts and ultimately he realizes that it's a relationship with the daughter which is you know listen old as old as you know time and it works um and i do think it works in the film uh part of it is because you know steve jobs and dealing with his whole not knowing who he really is and not knowing who his birth parents are and then he figures out who his birth parents i think i think part of it is just sort of it's an identity thing he eventually gets over all this and he does marry someone and he does have a family and you know whatever but the film doesn't really get into all that this doesn't do anything with it there's like one scene where what is the the amanda woman's name what is her name well her real name is her real name is chris ann brennan okay it's arlene in this because i guess they didn't want to be sued you have to get off the table okay planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He's not going to get off the table. I feel like Seb should just be on the episode at this point. <sighs> just bring him on. There he is. <laughs> Evil little he just Jawa fucking dead eyed right down the lens and was like, fuck you. Yeah. I yep. can't control him. Um, what was I saying? Oh, it was when they were, they're like walking down the street or something. And she has some line that's like, you don't know who you are. And I was sitting there like, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doing she... it like this? she's, played in the film or in this in the uh the danny boyle movie um by why am i drawing a blank on her name katherine watterson plays mm-hmm. her in that film um and she's great but she's also played pretty manically as though she was sort of this unstable person in his life um and uh in this she's kind of a non-character like she doesn't really have anything she doesn't do anything other she's than just like, a shrew she's the oh she's the woman who's oh, what are you doing you know oh, i'm gonna get pregnant and make that a problem for you <laughs> it does feel as though uh god when you say that i think of how often that is a thing in movies and television it's really upsetting to think about yeah when where it's just like well, what can she do to just, ah, she can get pregnant. That'll fuck up his life, I guess. <laughs> it's so lazy. Every great man's worst fear. <laughs> Paying child support. Having responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, no, I. it, it is It is interesting how often that, team, that seems to be the like, 
I mean, listen, I, I love a good like surprise pregnancy as much as the next guy when it comes to like what <laughs> not in real life. I mean, in in in, in art, fiction. in fiction, <laughs> um, because I do think that I mean, are you watching For All Mankind by any chance? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that's without spoiling anything for people that, that maybe don't like that was a great. Oh, shit. I can't believe she's pregnant moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so like good stuff can come from that as a plot point but if you're not gonna actually do anything with it which i feel like this doesn't isn't interested in doing either like he names the computer after lisa but then like the lisa's a failure and and then no one wants to talk about the lisa anymore (laughs) um it's like what what why did we do this it's just very strange to me yeah uh yeah it's all very odd um i i do feel like um so there's a couple other things uh the so wozniak in the sorkin movie is played mm-hmm. by seth rogan yes that's mainly why i think that movie is hilarious he's but only really because he's very good exactly i'm yeah, like yeah. How is this happening? Yeah. Like, how are you being yeah. a compelling, yeah. like, characterization of this person? And it, it, he totally does it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something right now that might seem kind of crazy. Maybe not. It's not that crazy, I guess. But whatever. Um, so I just rewatched weirdly, kind of went on like a Seth Rogen binge over the past few days, where I watched a bunch of. We did Funny People on the Patreon for 2009, which I actually think is a. You've never seen Funny People? I know. Yeah, I know. Everyone's sort of I mean, surprised I think I'd, by that. I'd be interested to hear what you think of Funny People. But he's quite good in it. It was probably the first time, I think, that he tried to stretch those muscles in terms of mm-hmm. showing, like, maybe there's more to me than you think. And then I think he's... I watched 50-50 again, which I love, and he's really fucking good in that movie. That movie is good. Yeah, he's good in Long it. Shot. He's really fucking good in Long Shot. Another one I never saw. Oh, you need to watch Long Shot. You would love Long okay. Shot. Okay. You would legitimately love Long Shot. It is fucking great. I feel like like before that came out, everyone was like, oh God. And then it came out and they were like, it's actually kind of good. And I just skipped it. It, it. First of all, it was released in May, which is a, t- like, it just got steamrolled in the summer. Like they just, that movie needed to come out in like fucking March or October. Like it couldn't be in a competitive, yeah. but Charlize Theron is unbelievably funny and it's a really funny it's one of the best romantic comedies maybe ever in my opinion it's great wow watch okay. watch long shot um and then with steve jobs i'm gonna go out on a limb i think seth rogan gets a best supporting actor nomination for the fableman sight unseen i could see that okay that's yeah. that's my that's my hot take i haven't even seen what he looks like in the movie <laughs> but i think that if if anyone's gonna get him there as an actor, it's probably going to be Steven Spielberg. It's Steven Spielberg, yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that so I think that Rogan has it in him. Like, I think he's shown that he has the like. I think he's got chops. Yes, and I think Seb thinks so. As well. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him screaming in the background, <laughs> but he's can. been yelling off and on this entire episode. Okay, great. Uh, we can't um, hear anybody. But... Uh, I just think Seth Rogan's one of those guys. Not not only has he built an empire for himself, which I you got to hand it to him. Like, <laughs> I, fifteen years ago, would not have thought that that was a guy who was going to figure out a way to like 
you know what I mean? He's he's had some spotty runs in his filmography where like big movies that don't perform and what have you. And yeah, and he was sort of like a type for way too long. Mm -hmm. I think for him to have Mm -hmm. kept doing that. But I do agree. I think he is really, really good. And I think there are certain movies where you can really see it. And I think Steve Jobs is one of those movies. And to your point, he is still Seth Rogen. He's still funny and he's still very warm and, and human, but like he's doing a lot of stuff in that movie that I kind of, that I really respect. And it's why like watching Joey Plotnick in this, you're just like, Plotnik, Slotnik, whatever. He's fine, but like, I don't know. He's no just one's sort of really playing. Trying. Yeah. I mean, they're all playing like sort of tropey types. Mm-hmm. Like he's playing the nerdy little friend. Like they have that mm-hmm. scene at the dinner, whatever dinner party it was, where he's like, I don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. And Steve is like, I have to talk on the phone. And they have an argument about it. <laughs> And yeah, it's just sort of like, okay, I've seen this guy before yeah. a million times. It's, yeah, I, it's so unfortunate that it feels like rather than reading this book, the the writers, the whoever adapted the screenplay, read the book and was just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm just going to literally lay every stereotype we have or preconceived notion about the computer industry and all that shit on top of this. And that, that'll be that. Like, it just didn't feel like anyone put the the time and the effort into actually trying. Yeah. No, it's a very uninteresting look at this thing that happens. You know, I don't know if you, I'm sure you write about this stuff too. Where, where like, Oh, wow. Throwing things on the floor now. That's fine. What's going on? What's he's, he, just, I don't know what is wrong with him. He's, he's just like, he's fucking pissed today. <laughs> he's being terrible. <laughs> Why? And he always does it when I have to A, be on a mm-hmm. recording and B, be on video so right. that everyone can see that I'm like. I love that he knows it though. I love that he's just like, oh, she's. <laughs> he gets so worked up. Even what when I talk dick. to my parents, he's like, I have to, I have to do bad things now because she's talking and she's not talking to me that's it's a what good this thing is. he's not codependent yeah thank god <laughs> so you i'm sure you read about this the the talk of some sort of a social network sequel that follows the the, the fall from grace that that company has uh has had over the last let's say 10 years i guess basically two social two network two social two networks that would by the way would watch um i i would watch it obviously and i do think that um if if sorkin and fincher decided to to do it it'd be fucking awesome right like if they got all the players back yeah and they literally showed how uh the 2016 election essentially ruined that platform um there's an interesting story there. They definitely have to spend a lot of time on the um, horror image, the cursed image. Oh, of him in the with the sun him the lotion on in the sunscreen sur- surfing or whatever he's doing. Do you know what he looks like? Um, did you see the? <laughs> did you ever see? Uh, I'm sure you did. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. The beginning, the aliens yeah. from the beginning. Oh my god oh it's horrible 
That's one of those like the picture like... of. <laughs> I just can't I, you, you can't. Like it can. It's almost as bad as the recent pictures of Elon Musk on that yacht. Oh wow. <laughs> It's bad. It's bad to see tech guys oh, in that yeah. setting. I don't want to see it. They belong at the computer inside. Yeah, no windows. No. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, to be I making their little programs and <laughs> tweeting. That's fine. But that's it. <laughs> I agree. I really do agree that these guys, I mean, the, Listen, Silicon Valley seemed at the television show was its own <laughs> problematic situation. It sounds like, mm. uh, with at least two of the actors being deeply problematic. Um, I don't actually think that that uh, that Mike Judge or any of the writers or directors. But all that being said, one of the reasons that show is so brilliant is because it just takes the piss out of all of those fucking idiots out there, yes. and. I mean, I would say that if I had one problem with it, and I don't know that I ever actually finished it. I think I got through most of it, though. So I never saw how it actually ended, ended. But, like, they needed far more women on it. Now, I know there's not a lot of women in the industry, but I think the female characters in that show weren't as sort of... Yeah. Uh, there weren't enough of them. We need more women, female tech villains, that's yes. what we need. Why haven't you written that show, Emma? What are you doing? <laughs> we need the gender flipped pirates Silicon of Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that was essentially what Halt and Catch Fire turned into, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which I, I never finished it, so. I don't that think one, I did either. It got away from me a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's off but, Netflix, so it's gone forever. Is it off Netflix? I think so. Oh, it's on, it's on AMC Plus now, I guess, or whatever the fuck that is. Streaming service everybody loves. AMC Plus. Uh, yeah, I know. I yeah, I it's just I don't know. It's all really interesting. And I and I, the other thing that I was thinking about with this movie is it, I couldn't help but think about um what's now sort of happened, the convergence of Silicon Valley with with television, right? So your Amazons, your Apples, your Netflixes, all yeah. of that now has seeped into obviously with streaming services, how that plays into everything too. You know, th there's obviously been innumerable think pieces about Netflix and where they are now and why they are where they are. And, and I do think that so much of it has to do with the fact that like you can't run a network like a Silicon Valley company. They don't, it doesn't work. Like mm -mm. It, you actually do. That's why like Apple's winning, quote unquote winning in terms of up against Apple, up against Amazon and Netflix, because they hired a bunch of fucking TV executives and yeah. they said like, <laughs> make some television, <laughs> you know? And I, and, and I they think... keep making more of the things that right. they have. Like, that's the right. other thing is it's, that like, it's, yes. once something is on Apple TV, it's sort of guaranteed to keep going like servant. The M. Night Shyamalan thing, yeah, which I do watch going. and I do like. Do. It's do. weird as shit. And yeah. I can't say that I recommend it to anybody, but I do like it. Uh, is, it's going to have another season. Is Lauren Ambrose still on it? Yeah. Interesting. She's awesome. She is She's awesome. So I, okay. So, okay. Full disclosure watched the entire first season of Servant <laughs> and was like, this show's bananas. <laughs> I'm in. Right. And then the finale 
was such a wet fart of season one that I was like, I can't, I can't, you, you, I can't do it. They you tried guys to do like a able, twist. They, they just, they and, fucked it up. And I was just yeah. like, I can't, I can't go back now. They do that every time. Like every finale is like <laughs> a new watching. thing where you're like, is, what is, I still yeah. don't know what it's about. Like, that's the thing. When people ask me like, what's Servant about? I'm like, I can't, I genuinely, they haven't said yet. Three seasons in. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, if someone asked me what it was about, I'd say a fake baby. It's about a fake baby. Yeah. <laughs> and a family that's slowly going insane because yeah. of a weird girl that keeps getting into their house. <laughs> <laughs> but Lauren Ambrose is great. Uh, I'm a big yeah. fan of Lauren Ambrose. Uh, love her. She's great. Um, yeah. I, I just, I, to your point, Apple has smartly said we're going to make less stuff but it's all hopefully going to be good Mm -hmm. as opposed to making lots of stuff that's not very good um but you know listen i'm not sitting here shitting on netflix i think they do i mean i haven't seen sandman people seem to really like sandman oh boy not one on the other side of this conversation i mean Um, i'm just tired of all that shit interesting like and also i've been but you're such a the sandman comics that's what i mean and the comics are incredible right and just the just the fact that like they're gonna take that and be like let's make something that's like not as good and looks sort of bad visually (laughs) like why just don't do it you know (laughs) no you're not wrong i listen i haven't watched it so i can't speak to it but i'll just say this i do think that it is it's emblematic of um they've been trying to make salmon forever yeah. as you very well oh, know yeah. right they've been trying to do it as features they almost did it as an hbo show like ultimately it became clear that like it's going to be a television show it's not going to be a movie series and then warner brothers is just asking for so much money in order to make it properly that i think that i don't know it just seems tricky the thing about the show is that the writing and the acting is really good mm-hmm. like and i think that that's what people have been saying about it mostly yeah. but it I don't know why they made it look the way they made it look, but it's not working. I don't understand. They did something like, you know how, okay, I recently learned how how an anamorphic lens works, where it mm -hmm. sort of stretches the image because the thing is so big. It does the opposite. It's like, it is a letterbox, like widescreen Uh shot thing, Mm -hmm. but it's like stretched out. Like I look Mm -hmm. like, or no, it's, it's not stretched out. It's, compressed here's sub again it's compressed yeah yeah. but everything sort of looks like vertically stretched and and this is intentional correct it is completely intentional like the whole show looks like this can you move or can i can i ask you a question because i I have not watched the show okay um i intend on watching it i have two close friends who are writers on it so i'm certain they did a great job i will say i'll say you know I no, that's no, no problem with the just writing. full disclosure. Um, <laughs> I technically three friends. Um, so uh, my question to you is this: because conceptually, this is everyone's favorite episode about the Sandman <laughs> television show. Um, the the comics uh, graphic novel I've only read the first issue of. Okay. I quite liked it, the first trade. Yeah. Um, but it also seems impossible to make because of how uh intangible it is i mean like mm-hmm. the whole world is about dreams yeah um so making that have stakes is very fucking hard and when you try to apply like 
like three dimensional physical rules to yeah. that, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Which I think is why the the worst part of the show for me is the visual stuff. Right. It's just like, you know, there's so much ephemeral things in yep. the comic. And then when you just put that on screen as like a person in a costume, you're just like, that's a person in a costume. That's not, I'm not looking at the thing it's supposed to be. I will say this though. I posted an article yesterday that I read in the guardian where they were just like, is this going to start a whole new wave of goths? And I was just like, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Sick. I hope yeah. everyone starts dressing up like fucking Morpheus. That sounds great. <laughs> uh that would be the best outcome to this <laughs> i literally was like nothing would make me happier than to see goths have a comeback because of sandman but yeah, yeah I, I mean it is it's tough i i all this is to say um the, the confluence of of sort of tech bro silicon valley infusion into television has not been great um right. it also hasn't been great when it comes to social media it really hasn't been great in a whole myriad of ways um do you think that that is just because of the fact that they're beholden to stockholders do you think that's because inevitably as a species we ruin everything good um <laughs> well <laughs> but both perhaps um I, I i do think that it is it is a problem mainly because the people at the top are not people who understand how storytelling works. Yeah. Like, yeah. you get these people who are just like, you know, certain people who have been in the news recently, his names I will not say, who just don't really seem to understand why people like to watch TV or watch movies. Mm -hmm. Or just like, you know, they look at something and it's like, all they're really looking at day to day is spreadsheets of numbers and information it's not they're not really engaging with the product like yeah. i i don't believe any of these people have like a favorite show that their company may like it you know it's just not i don't trust anyone like that to run any company like this which is why whenever i refer to streaming services i always call them tech companies which sometimes make makes people mad but it is true like i mean yeah um no i i think that you're making a really valid point because i think that and this is something that um, I've grappled with so, since I was in film school, quite frankly. And, um, and, and that's the sort of um, having to come to grips with the idea of the business that is making this stuff, right? Mm. Now, I don't think it needs to be binary, and I'm certainly not – I don't want to make it seem that way. But, you know, the idea that an artistic endeavor – can be lucrative and also creatively rewarding is incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. And when push comes to shove, all of your artistic integrity means not a fucking thing to stockholders, right? Which is they want the company to make money. And if the stuff that you make, people love it and keep paying for it and buying it, everyone wins, right? Like that that's the way that they see it. Um so I, you know, to to allude to the to the current or most recent fiasco that was just uh, foisted upon uh, us, the whole HBO Max fiasco, I do think that um, I don't agree with the person in charge by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that when everything is said and done, I imagine that it's all going to kind of work out in the wash. I mm. think that you know, there's going to be a significant infusion of the 90 day fiance universe as they said on their fucking uh... as a as a woman 
<laughs> I love to lean back and enjoy genre dems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, when people ask me about you, that's what I tell them. Those are the two things that anyone knows about me. Emma, no one leans back harder than Emma, and no one loves genre dems. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. As a crazy. as a female skew, these are the two facts about me. Here's the the salient point that I think is worth noting from from the shit show that happened last week is the almost twenty percent drop in their stocks. Oh that's God. the only thing that's going to fucking matter to anybody, and that's why I think that when when everything is said and done, you know, some sort of a a balance is going to be found because otherwise they're just alienating a very very large group of people. I think that we are, that we've been in the middle of like a very, an extremely transitional period where like all of this stuff is extremely new and yet everyone is trying as fast as they can to make the most of whatever they're making off of it, whether that's money or whether that's actually making TV and film yeah. for yeah. the streaming era. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, it's all just compounded into yeah. this huge thing that now we all have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that hopefully... HBO Max turning around and looking at what they've been doing and yeah. I think rightly realizing that less is in fact more and mo- putting films in theaters is in fact a good idea mm-hmm. and keeping them there for a while instead of just being like and now you can watch it at home um, is yeah. is That's a the one good, good thing the new president has said yeah and like and also just you know <sighs> Putting, getting rid of stuff that's on a streaming service is weird. Like just sort of so making weird. it go away like that is really weird. But also the fact that they are kind of thinking in the same way that I think Netflix is now thinking that maybe we should stop just making all this bullshit and oh, sure. concentrate on doing things that are good. That but I'm, like. No one's been able to really explain to me the cost benefit of removing Mrs. Fletcher from HBO Max. Now, I'm they people are claiming it's a residuals thing. Let me I just mean, tell isn't you. Isn't it a tax thing? They can well, like no, the, claim that as a loss on the on their I don't I, here, here Again, here's what, like here's what Microsoft no, no, no. Oh, whatever. I don't OS, understand yeah, yeah. how it works. No, I'm, I I'm the only reason I bring it up is because there's a part of me that's like one of the incentives to being the HBO streaming service is that you have access to all the HBO shows. Exactly. <laughs> so it's it's just painfully stupid to start to save peanuts in the greater scheme of things because you've decided to remove here and now from your streaming service i mean listen i don't think a lot of people are watching here and now so i'm not you know what i mean and i understand their feelings of like why put it on there if no one's watching it it's like well you made it yeah so just can at least give people access to it yeah I, I i find the whole thing very strange uh i don't really know how it's all supposed to work but you're not wrong i think everyone needs to be making less content but good content make better content yeah or you get Uh, a situation where you're like netflix and you're like the only way to get people to increase everything every month which is impossible really like you're gonna hit a plateau eventually is to just make more stuff no one's asking for that like that one summer this was a few years ago but there was one like I don't know, January, February, where they're like, they announced for the first time mm. a new Netflix movie every Friday, every week, the whole year. And everyone was just sort of like, we don't no. want that. <laughs> no, 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 no one no. asked for that. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, the, it is, you know, 
the technology thing, I mean, listen, it's, I, I don't know what to make of a lot of the social media stuff genu- genuinely. I mean, I'm never really on Facebook anymore. I'm probably on Twitter far too much. I'm on Instagram here and there, but I do feel as though we're being played, right? Like they're looking at all this stuff and they're figuring, they know what we're looking at. They know it's, it's all kind of icky. We're doing advertisements for free, essentially. If you're on social media, that's what you're doing. And they're selling your data to all these companies. (laughs) Did you see the thing where, like, um, I think it was Facebook. Facebook lost, like, billions of dollars because of that Apple or the thing that's on everyone's iPhones. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can opt out of this. And everyone's like, yes, I want to. That sounds creepy. I don't want that. And they lost a ton of money. Which really just shows you like, yeah, this is how they're making their money is by doing yeah. creepy shit. Which does all kind of come back. I mean, it, it weirdly all comes back to this movie, at least the people that are in this movie. It all movie. comes back to the pirates of Silicon Valley. But it kind of does in a fucked up way. And yeah. I only say that just in the sense that I, I can't help but look at what I'm going to focus on Steve Jobs because the Bill Gates of it all, whatever, fuck it. But like the, what Steve Jobs, his whole thing was about... How do I get you to personally care and love about this this piece of technology, mm-hmm. be it the software, whatever it was? Because he knew that if he could create a vessel for all the things that you love, your music, your movies, the internet, whatever it is, um, then you would love this thing. And yeah. that in and of itself isn't necessarily evil, but it's been weaponized and it's it been has. turned into something really gross. It is a notion that is very pure yeah that is v- extremely easy to corrupt because now there's like well if you love something then you don't want to lose it you don't want anything to happen to it but if but you have to you know give in to the yeah. demands of the people who control the thing yeah it's it is tricky it is i mean i think that apple as a company you know certainly post steve jobs um death has changed a little bit um, I don't know that Tim Cook obviously is the visionary that, that Steve Jobs was. I think that there's been a, a, a fair amount of repetition in terms of what they've been making. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's a new iPhone every year, but that iPhone ain't changing much. It still seems it's to be kind of the same thing. Becoming sl- slightly different shape. So you have right. to buy a new case. Right. They actually, yes. in Europe, they passed mm. this thing recently where like you, they can't manufacture different chargers Oh. past a certain point because now like you know you get a phone and it, you have to have the lightning port like they it doesn't work with anything else mm-hmm. i actually i tried to charge my computer at my friend's apartment a few weeks ago and i have a charger port that's slightly older mm-hmm. than the one that everyone uses now and the thing that it wouldn't fit it was like a that much that off sucks. That i was sucks. like this is so evil this is so evil but in Europe, they passed a law that was like, you can't do that now. And Apple's upset because now they can't, you know, sell all the new accoutrement whenever anyone That's buys a new piece of technology. It's, I mean, listen, I, I still, I got an Apple computer. I got a, I've got all the, all the Apple shit. It's, yeah. it's not that I'm not um, a fan of their stuff, but I do feel as though they, they might be hitting their head on the ceiling when it comes to at least the, the the computer world right like i keep they keep threatening to make a i'm sure they'll make a car someday and that would open them up into an entirely new market the if I they've car. made an electric car and they got into that space i mean that 
could be gigantic if they were to actually do something like that. But again, like, or the TV space where like they actually physically make television sets. Like there's just stuff that they could be doing um, because I do feel as though we're kind of seeing the same shit come from them at this point. But but now you can get an iPhone that's a darker green than you could get before. It's true. It's true. That's innovation. <laughs> My roommate bought it. Yeah. <laughs> Looks kind of cool. I saw that. I was like, oh, I like that color. Yeah, See, it's, I mean, a, it's that weird little like baby lizard brain where they're like a new yeah. color and you're like oh yeah i mean listen it's all it's all bad but it, it's it is just you know again this movie's not good we'll rate this movie in a second and, and i'll let you uh, go back to your life but i'll just say that as bad as this movie is um it is a bit of a kind of lightning in a bottle moment like it does sort of it doesn't do it well, but it encapsulates sort of this odd little moment. Um, I mean, I think the Steve Jobs film is much better. I think Social Network and both those films do a much better job of really kind of getting into the guts of these morally questionable individuals and, and the choice that they made and what have you. Um, but I don't know. I mean, listen, you were how old in 1999? I was seven. Right. Okay. So... <laughs> I would not have watched this on TNT. No, of course not. But <laughs> did you, I mean, did you have a an iMac? Did you have, did your parents, were, were did that I ever? I didn't have a computer. Okay. I mean, we had like a home computer. God, what did we have? We had. Like a Compaq or something We had like a that. few desktops because my mom worked from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at that point they were all Windows based. Yeah, I don't would, remember the black screen stuff. No, that's um, way that's way before you. Okay. The the black screen stuff is the best fucking way of describing DOS I've ever heard. The stuff, the no pictures stuff. I want the pictures. <laughs> um, I mean, so do you remember when my first computer was? Do you remember the candy colored uh, uh, IMAX that you could get that were sort of round? You know yeah, oh, about? those cute little guys. Yeah, I had my, my, I had one of my friends had one. I had one yeah. of those. I wanted one of those so badly. That was, to me, that was when they broke through, at least for me. That was when that everyone wanted that computer. And then when the iPod came out, everyone fucking wanted an iPod. Like, that was when I felt like Apple really broke through, at least in my bubble. I'm sure they had broken through with other people far earlier than that. But Well, it was making something that is very easy to feel like you're personalizing Mm -hmm. especially with those computers like i think they came in like different colors i had the graphite one but yeah yeah the boy one well there was orange (laughs) there was pink there was blue and green they literally looked like fucking jolly ranchers yeah uh my friend had the green one i wanted the blue one obviously 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 uh your (laughs) i don't know why i said obviously my favorite color is blue but no one knows that okay (laughs) And your favorite character in Inside Out is Sadness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that stuff like that. That's sort of like, it, it's still kind of, it kind of feels like a toy, you know? Yep. It feels yep. like yep. something you can, mm. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, cute. one of the best lines in the Steve Jobs film is in the final section when his teenage daughter Lisa points at it and says, and that looks like Judy Jetson's easy bake oven or something like that. (laughs) And I, it's, I mean, and it's true. Like they were kind of this weird thing that everyone was so into, like it looked so futuristic and 
colorful. And that was kind of, I feel like the moment when, and it's, and to, to give this movie the slightest bit of credit, I do think that this film talks a lot and Steve jobs in this film talks a lot about personalizing things, making people love this thing, making it feel like it's part of your home, mm-hmm. making a part of your life. That's such a huge seismic leap from what, IBM was doing which was like we're giving you a fucking computer be happy about it and yeah, it's it a does functional stuff. machine yeah and then this and then in this movie he has the he has the computer and with a little picture on the screen that says hello it's talking it's, to you it's, talking it's a to creature you. yeah that's that's literally the first scene of the Steve Jobs film where it's like it will fucking say hello yeah yeah um but yeah uh okay so you didn't watch this film in 99 I had never seen this film before we both watched this from a link you sent me I don't know where the, that link came from. The Internet Archive, okay. a very online thing. It, it worked. It worked like Gangbusters. Yeah. I uh, I airplayed it off of my iPad Ooh. onto my TV screen. It was great. I loved it. Um, it, Steve Jobs is thrilled somewhere. The dream of Silicon Valley is alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, what did you think of this film before we talked about it, and what do you think about it now? I was so baffled when you said the. <laughs> Like when you told me about the existence of this movie, because yeah. I did not know about it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it was a little before my time mm-hmm. when films were on the television. Yes. Um, Although, of course, now films are back on the television. But you I mean you were a big, <laughs> big fan of everyone's favorite smart house. Smart house. So like you have yeah, seen that is a film on the television. TV movies. <laughs> <laughs> this is like adult smart house. It's the this worst is, version of Smart House. Smart House runs is, laps around this. Smart House for grown-up men. For men who were grown up in 1999. Um, yeah, I was totally like, I was looking through the cast list, like, I know these names, and why yeah. are they in this movie that I've never heard of? You know, plenty of movies I've never heard of, but this one in particular surprised me. Mm-hmm. So what did I think yeah. about? Are we wait, are we doing numbers or are we yeah, waiting? Yeah, zero to ninety-nine. Are we doing numbers? <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to say Yeah, that. no, no. Yeah, zero to 99. I'll do numbers. My So before the podcast? Before the podcast. Is it before watching the film? No, no. Just before. After, after watching the film, before okay, this discussion. That's as right. to Yeah. Forgetting how your podcast No, no, no. That's, that's fine. Uh, it was probably like a... Like a 30. Sure sure before mm-hmm. <laughs> and talking about it as a sort of cultural object from a very mm-hmm. specific point in time has yeah. been very interesting and so now it's bumped up to a 31 just kidding it's bumped up to maybe like a 49 okay is there an ice cream truck outside? Your there is an ice cream that truck. That was fantastic. Outside. It was just the slightest hint, and it sounded so eerie. The boat, the eeriest sound I've ever heard is the mm. ice cream truck going down the street, going down the street in the height of summer 2020 when nobody was outside. Oh, that's eerie. That's that's a come. Stephen King thing. <laughs> Were people yeah. going out and buying ice cream? No, I mean I don't know. I wasn't. Um. You know, it's funny you brought up the cast because it is worth noting that like this comes out in 1989. Noah Wiley is still knee deep in his ER contract is at that he point. The librarian, so, or is that a different he guy? Is. The librarians oh, is him too. Oh God! I okay, I knew it. Uh, also, by the way, a TNT joint. Yeah. So you know, uh, as was Falling Skies. Noah Wiley made a lot of money for uh, 
for TNT. But I was just um, talking about that show with yeah. somebody. It was because of a tweet. I have to send mm. it to you. But it was like, it was an image from Westworld, the current season of Westworld. Yeah. And it was like two people beside a future car. And the tweet was like, this looks like a still from like a mid 2015s show or 2010s show that's called like After Earth. And there's like an umlaut <laughs> over the E. And I was like, this is so perfect. Uh, so I was looking up like shows from that period of time. Being Are like, you still watching that. Westworld? No. No. Even All though right. people say it's good now. No. I, I, but I, don't I got burned. I got burned too many times by that show. <laughs> I, I've gone back to that show too many times. I'm just like, no. Um, but Noah Wiley. So my assumption is he shoots this over the hiatus. This was probably you know a, a relatively quick shoot. Um, you know, and and uh, I get it. You know, there's only so much you can do. He he didn't do a ton of movies when he was on the air, just because a you know, lining it up with your schedule is a pain in the ass and be whatever. But like, he'll just always be Carter to me. That's just mm. for what that's worth. Um, So uh, before this podcast, I was a lot higher than you. Um, <laughs> I, I was at, I was at a 60 and that's way too high. Um, yeah. I, I was at a 60 because I was like, I found it kind of endearing. And as a, as, as we mentioned, a cultural object, I was like, you know, I gave it too much credit. I'm now down to 48. So I'm right where you are, which is that like, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody to watch, um, but I, you know, obviously I enjoyed talking with you about it, and I and I feel as though it it's an interesting, weird little flashpoint mm. that I think is 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 worthy of of sort of exploration on some level. Um, you can find it for free on the where again? Where was it again? The Internet Archive. I think if you just look up, because this is what I did after you told me mm-hmm. about it, or like, how are we going to watch this movie? And yeah. I just looked up like pirates of silicon valley watch online and it's there's the link oh perfect so. uh so you can watch it there uh i guess you could also rent it maybe if you wanted to i don't know if it's available for rent you might just um, have to but buy it buy a dvd don't buy a dvd of this guys <laughs> it's watch it for free online and by that i mean watch like 15 minutes of it or you'll get it um it's yeah. fine it's uh it's it's not great it's certainly a product of its time um but more than anything emma thank you for being here and talking about it with me Thank you for having me. This was very fun, despite the not fun time I had watching the source material for our great the source, <laughs> the source material. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's what it is. I'm actually genuinely. I'm wondering if I should read the book. Like, I wonder if the book's actually pretty good. Like, I wonder if the book. Yeah, actually, you're like, like some of this has to be good. It's well, I just feel like again covering like 1971 to 1997. Like, I'm sure that the book gets into detail about things that you know that that. Are you looking up the book now? What is the book? It's kind of a cool. It's called name. Fire in the Valley: The Fire Making the of the Valley. Personal Computer. That By the way, Fire cool. in the Valley is so much better than Pirates of the Silicon Valley. Yeah, that's another reason why I was like, I would have watched this in school. Yeah. Like, that's the sort of title something like yep. this would have. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, thank you for being here and doing this. It was thank a you for having me. This was fun. Um, was I'm sorry that my cat was so. Are you fucking kidding? I don't give a shit. It's fine. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.